Welcome to Better Worlds, a podcast exploring geek culture across mediums. I'm Trevor. I'm Matthew. And I'm Dustin. Today, we are going to kick off with perhaps the most exciting topic we could talk about, which is podcasting. Uh, I know there's nothing that people would rather hear podcasters talk about. <laughs> uh, just like nobody loves any song topic more than the, than the topic of writing songs. Or when you read journalism articles about like journalism and journalism scandals and journalism ethics. I actually kind of like that. Hold the ethics part can be interesting. I also like listening to podcasters talk about podcasting. So anyway. I, I, I hate songs about songwriting, in case that wasn't clear. Okay. Are there? <laughs> I don't know any songs about songwriting. I was trying to think of one, and the first thing that came to mind was just kind of like John Mayer strumming and saying like, and I just hate writing these damn songs or something like that. <laughs> I feel like the one guy that's like a folksy singer that has, sounds like he's smoked cigarettes for eternities. <laughs> Not one eternity, ladies and gentlemen, but multiple eternities. Yeah. Are you talking about a specific person? Yes, I'm I'm blanking on his name, which is really embarrassing. He won the Nobel Prize or something. Bob Dylan? Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, yeah. I feel like Bob Dylan would have some songs about songwriting. No. No? Surely he's above that. Okay. Yeah. mm, mm, mm. That's a good question, I guess. He strikes me as the kind that would do that. Okay, but by okay, I'm gonna jump to his defense here without knowing too much. He also did like someone who's into the whole navel gazing aspect of their craft. Navel gazing? What? That's what songwriting. If you're doing a song about songwriting, it's navel gazing. It's basically examining the thing you're doing to like a unhealthy degree by just picking it apart and beyond the point of either usefulness or anything like that okay so i feel like people who would be into that would also be totally into the you did a good job with this here have a trophy and when he was given uh arguably the most prestigious trophy for that he wanted to be like i don't have time for this like he i don't know that doesn't strike me as someone who would be into the i could die at any second wait did he isn't he super did he say that oh i see (laughs) No. I thought he was like, I can't fly to Sweden. I'll die at any second. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've been smoking cigarettes since before the dawn of time. (laughs) What's it called if someone writes a song about looking at oranges? (laughs) Um, It would depend on the type of orange. (laughs) Blood oranges. Yeah, there's blood oranges. There's Valencia oranges. There are navel oranges, so I see your joke, and I don't recognize it. Um, Because I find it racist against other types of oranges. (laughs) Is that the right term? What would the... I find it varietalist? Varietalist. Speciest? (laughs) Species? Um, I mean, they're all still the same species. Like, I think you could still breed the oranges together, so they'd be the same species. You can breed donkeys and horses. Mm, Okay, fair point. But can the oranges reproduce? Naval oranges can't because they don't have seeds. I don't actually know what that means, but I thought that all oranges were considered navel in some way, not knowing what the term meant, though. It's a... No, it's a specific variety. Yeah, it's like a gala apple or a Fiji apple. T-I-L. <laughs> um, 
We did not mean to talk about oranges. Okay, this is what this is not the first time in my life that I've been confronted with my ignorance about oranges, and I just have to throw out my <laughs> completely legitimate excuse, which is I am allergic to oranges. <laughs> they have no part in my life. <laughs> I have a perfectly legitimate reason for not knowing how to peel an orange. <laughs> So that was the other time in your life you were. Yes. <laughs> Did you just tell all our listeners how to kill you? Like <laughs> lock Trevor in a room with. Ol- it is an extremely mild allergy and I will rise again stronger than ever. <laughs> False. <laughs> with my immune system strengthened. I was just imagining for its own attack against my body, just like spraying you with essential oil of orange or something. And then that basically doing you in, I feel, you know, okay. So allergies are basically an auto immune response where your body interprets something that is not actually a threat as a threat and then attacks Mm -hmm. your own body. Oranges supposedly strengthen your immune system. Mm-hmm. So shouldn't that be like a double whammy, <laughs> extra bad allergy that my immune system is strengthened and then attacks me? Um, the uh, the allergic reaction would occur before you could metabolize the vitamin C that would boost your immune system. So there you go. If you, uh, I mean, I understand what you're saying, and it's funny to think of that because in essence you're right. But if you had a bad enough allergic reaction, you'd be dead before your body could make your immune system even stronger to make the killing you um, a couple hours earlier, even stronger. I don't actually know how long the, I think that it's a couple hours absorption process for vitamins. I'm just imagining Trevor now as Bruce Banner and saying, my secret is I'm always eating oranges. (laughs) And that turns him green. No, it just makes his immune system really strong. <laughs> oh, do you guys want to hear an interesting thing I heard on NPR that's about colors? <laughs> we said we were going to talk about podcasting, but go for it. Okay. Um, there is it. It was talking to this guy who I want to say he was from someplace like Tanzania in East East Africa. It might have been Mozambique. I am not good with differentiating. I can't remember the details. Anyway, so he, it was Eastern Africa, and he was translating um prince's songs into his native tongue and the interesting thing was that in this specific language there was no word for purple so when he got to purple rain he could not in fact call it purple rain he had to go with rain which is blue with a little bit of red mixed in (laughs) that would be super confusing to that who wants to be a millionaire guy <laughs> no, it was green that he had trouble with. <laughs> um, but I just love the idea of like someone trying to sing Purple Rain with I'm sure it's different like the construction there's probably something in the language which constructs in such a way that makes it flow off the tongue more easily than we wouldn't translating it back into English, but just the idea of like blue with a little bit of red mixed in rain, blue with a little bit of red mixed in rain. (laughs) (laughs) Like you would get so tired of singing that. Just no, I don't know. It's amusing. Anyway, at the end colors made me think of that when you were bringing up the green and the orange. Anyway, that was fun. (laughs) Excuse me. Just a moment.
Oh, actually, while we have a lull, um, <laughs> <laughs> did you just like to spit take into a cup, Dustin? No. <laughs> oh, good. There, and you're like, there's no cup involved. No. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I don't want to leave the listeners hanging. So today we have our favorite recurring thing of a fun fact about actually we're going to broaden and it's not just finland anymore we're going to go to nordic countries in general hallelujah where nordic countries in general so we have a fun fact today about sweden and the fun fact is this that sweden has the smallest gender employment rate gap in the developed world with only about four percent more men than women in employment I thought that way to go Sweden. I thought that was nice. And they deserve a shout out. That's the only fun fact we have. There's still gonna be a Finland fact, isn't there? Um, I have no Finland fact. We I thought Sweden deserved some shout outs. Trevor, I was going to let it quietly slip into the night. Because it seemed like last episode you were increasingly agitated. <laughs> even even given the extremely brief nature of the Finland facts recently. So I was going to let you off the hook. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to do one then. A Finland fact? Yeah. Okay. I was looking at a list of the, I think it was the top 50 Star Wars video games of all time, because apparently there are enough of them to rank 50 of them. Um <laughs> Although the one that was at the bottom of the list they did say was the worst. So I don't know if there were any that weren't mentioned or what, but the one that they ranked as the absolute worst Star Wars video game of all time was sort of a Mortal Kombat style fighting game (laughs) that was named after a Finnish martial art. I don't remember the name. It just had a weird name, and the description said, if you're wondering what is up with that name, that is the name of Finnish martial art. I had no idea that Finns had martial arts. I know, right? I'm Googling worst Star Wars video game to see if it comes right up. I will Google Finnish martial art. 50 Star Wars video games ranked from worst to best. I'll be able to tell you right here what it is. Sci-fi.com. And when I say Google, I mean DuckDuckGo, just for the record. Yes. Oh, my fans are spinning up. Mine are just... Caspin, Hanmudo. Masters of Tereskasi. Tereskasi? Finish for Steel Hand. It's called Star Wars Masters of Tereskasi. The game is unresponsive and the characters have a worse reaction time than my grandfather playing whack-a-mole. <laughs> This game is the easiest way to lose friends and frustrate everyone around you. A shining example of poor execution. Bye. (laughs) Okay, that's that's all. Enough for that. Okay, so we said we were going to talk about podcasting. And the reason is um, we have been contemplating and I guess sort of deciding to adopt a somewhat new format for the show. Um. When we started the show, we had a lot of big topics that we wanted to talk about. And so we've been doing 
a main topic that takes up at least half of each episode. And I guess we kind of got to the end for the moment of big topics that we knew we wanted to talk about. So we are thinking we're just going to switch to talking about whatever we want to talk about. So it'll still be the same kind of stuff. Like I'm looking at the list for things we want to talk about in this episode and it's still general geek culture or science kind of stuff. But um, I think the standard for an episode will be to just talk about a number of things and then having one big main topic would be the exception rather than the rule. Um, so, you know, when the last Jedi comes out, we'll probably do a last Jedi episode, but today we'll talk about a lot of things and the next episode will probably also talk about a lot of things. So that'll kind of be the norm. Mainly justice league, mainly justice league. <laughs> yeah. Is that so? <laughs> anyway, is there anything you guys wanted to add to that? Nope, that sounds about right. This is also a little bit closer to our original intent when we, or one of our main intents when we started the podcast as an archive of our conversations. So, Yeah, I mean, it's always been about conversation about things that we like or are interested in. And we just thought that organizing around large main topics would be a convenient way to organize it and make it more digestible, I guess. And plus the fact that there were a lot of things we just knew we would want to have long conversations about. Um, But along the way, even sometimes before we hit the record button, we will have a conversation about just something we never expected to talk about that is possibly more interesting than any of the main topics we've actually done. So um, we decided to just be a little more free with it. I think we've, I at least have gotten kind of stressed out sometimes thinking about like trying to find a big topic, which is kind of silly for a side project that we're doing for fun. Like why should I be stressed about (laughs) a fun side project? Um, But if we're only doing a big topic when we really want to, then that shouldn't be an issue. Also, there's sometimes stress that occurs even when we have a big topic and then like you're worried about um thing i don't know the doing a good job with the main topic like wonder woman oh yeah sometimes well sometimes we just worry about doing something justice because we like it so much Mm -hmm. justice league (laughs) but anyway we're gonna be a little more free with things um last episode We also didn't have a main topic, and we thought we were going to do an all-follow-up episode. Um, And I was the only one who actually brought follow-up, so... uh, This time, I brought (laughs) follow-up, but whatever. Also, also, if you remember, last time I brought follow-up as well. I just didn't realize that first. Okay. So, Trevor, um, last time we recorded, you mentioned in passing that you had some thoughts on exos that you wanted to share later but you've never shared it with us so i'm asking you now oh (laughs) that's because i didn't think we would be talking about destiny every episode (laughs) and i thought i would tell you guys offline yeah um which you didn't so i i can make it brief though okay so exos are a race in destiny they are robots 
I play as an XO. Dustin plays as an XO. Well, our mains are XOs. They did. Okay. We probably don't want, um, it sounds like their uploaded human consciousness is into a fairly advanced cyborg thing. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, that was going to be the next part that I explained. Um, yeah, well, it's fine though. You said it. Um, they are, they're not like, I don't know much about transformers, but they're not like transformers, um, where they like are a robotic race. They are robot bodies that human consciousness was uploaded into. So, um, I, my understanding from the lore is that scientists built these bodies and then people volunteered to be uploaded into the robots. Um, do you know if that's accurate, Matthew? Yes, there, it sounds like there are some cases where it was the only alternative to, as in like someone was in a horrible accident and had like 10 minutes to live. Oh, sure. Yeah. We have the technology. Um, okay. So it is also my understanding that, no, I'll say that later. Okay. There is a significant character in the first game called the stranger or the exo stranger who is, you guessed it, exo. Um, she is very mysterious apparently from the future and seems to know a lot of things about your past and your future and also introduces you to an evil robotic race called the Vex. Um, and she seems to know some stuff about the Vex and that kind of got me wondering. And then I found out, I think the same scientists that created the exos were also studying the Vex I think it was the scientists at Clovis Bray. And there's a there's a place in the game where you go into this archive and you hear some recordings of the scientists talking about studying the Vex. And I think that's the same ones. Do you know if that's accurate, Matthew? That sounds right to me. Yeah. So what I was wondering in the first game is both the connection with the scientists, both creating the Exos and studying the Vex, the fact that there's a little bit of similarity in the names and the fact that the stranger seems to know something about the Vex that she is like kind of nervous to tell you about, it seems. Or like, I don't know. I mean, nervous isn't quite the right word, but it seems like she knows things that she doesn't think she should tell you yet. Um, and I was left wondering if there's a connection between the Vex and the Exos, um, or that possibly the Exos are even the origin of the Vex or vice versa. And so I, I spent a lot of the first game wondering about this. So just to pause right there, did you ever have thoughts along those lines, either of you? I didn't really get into the, I didn't read any of the lore that you guys did. Okay. Yeah. A lot of the lore was locked away in grimoire cards and had to be read as a separate thing. So I never found a good way of reading it. (laughs) Yeah. The phone app was really the only good way. I feel like you're not in, like there is some sort of connection they're going towards, but I don't, it feels like it would be too eat like one becomes the other is too easy of a narrative step to take so that there'd be something more complex than that. But I don't know what that would be. Yeah, it does feel like it should be something more complex, not to mention the fact that the Vex are essentially robotic vehicles for a liquid intelligence. <laughs> I mean, they're radiolarians. Um, so it's not the robots themselves that are sentient. It's these radio, it's a radio Larian hive mind 
that inhabits these robots and uses them as vehicles and war machines, basically. Um, so that's pretty different from the way the Vex operate because the Vex are more of a traditional robot that also happens to have a human consciousness in it. You mean Exo? Um, sorry, did I say Vex? Yes. Yeah, the Exos are more of a traditional robot. Um, anyway, it seemed like there was some connection, although I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Um, in Destiny 2, there are a couple of locations where well, there's a lot of scannable stuff in the world that you scan it and the ghost will say something or you'll hear a little recording or something that gives you a little bit of lore. Um, and there are a couple places in the world in destiny two where I went up and scanned something and the ghost would say something to the effect of, Whoa, be careful there. This thing kind of reacted strangely to your exobiology. Um, I wonder if there's some connection between the Vex and the Exos. Um, because the, the things that you scan that have this weird reaction, they are Vex spires or whatever. Um, so anyway, it seems like they're now very strongly hinting at a connection. Yeah. Um, and I had been wondering about that for a long time and I don't think I ever said anything to you guys about it, but anyway, interesting. So yeah, it's kind of interesting. Oh, and Dustin, this is more of a note just for you. They announced the first expansion that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's dinosaurs. called the... Of uh, what? Dinosaurs. I wish it was dinosaurs. Batman. Um, I mean, I, I don't even know how Batman would make sense in this. New, okay, anyway. The, <laughs> Do you remember how I was Batman? Like I would sit oh, on like the, the wire. Perched over, yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I meant like a regular non-powered person trying to compete with everyone. Well, I don't know. Anyway, I'm sure Batman could make it work. Is that what you, <laughs> yeah. However, he's probably been passed away for many years since it's like a thousand years in the future or whatever. But, um, they announced the first expansion and it's going to, it's called the curse of Osiris. And do you remember the trials of Osiris? Yes. <laughs> So is it just Trials of Osiris all the time, and that's the Curse of Osiris? No, they're introduced like uh, the character Osiris is coming back. Ah. Oh, that's the thing I need to mention to you. Um, his, I don't know if it's his ghost, a ghost who is going to be a major NPC is Inara. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. They're just bringing the gang back. Well, they still haven't gotten Jane in, which I right. always felt like he should have been the. What about Wash? Um, I feel like he's going to be a perfect voice for some, and I don't know why they don't have him because he's done more voice acting than any of the other people put together. Right. Is that true? It seems true. I believe so. He's been doing a lot. He's done a lot of high profile voice acting. I'll say that. And voice acting combined with motion capture. Yeah. So he could even, he'd be a really fun, like wacky EXO character, I guess I could see that or just. He could do anything. I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised. What were you about to say about Jane? Oh, they. I still don't know why they didn't make him the head of the... Well, I do kind of know why they didn't make him the head of the Vanguard Titan part, because they were trying to go for something more stalwart and noble, and... Mm-hmm. He doesn't pull that off very well. <laughs> he would do a good, like, running guns blazing type thing, but that yeah. would be a much better frontline soldier than a I'm the head of everyone and have to have some measure of composure. 
he would be maybe good at as the gunsmith or the vanguard he would have been a pretty good gunsmith except now they've like really hit the amnesia angle of the gunsmith because he's been rebooted so many times he's constantly just saying things like weren't you here before i think oh like he's just (laughs) or i won't forget all the people we lost i won't yeah it's just just like some of it borderline is like i'm so sad for you because he's an exo and they have the number by their name and every the number is the how many times they've been rebooted and they lose stuff if they get rebooted so he's banshee 44 which is rough (laughs) whereas mal's character is k6 i didn't realize that the number what or what the number meant why are they rebooted they malfunction or they need a new consciousness I think it's a cryptic thing. Um, I think there's some implication that it can be like kind of a combo of like focusing on trauma combined with like computer recursion. So they don't have the weird thing uh, happen like with Cortana. Oh, it wouldn't exactly be rampant. Okay. So like rampancy is a more (laughs) straight up AI thing and they're not AI. Like for the most part, they're supposed to be human consciousness mapped onto a cyborg structure can you explain rampancy in a nutshell yeah um an ai just for anyone who's not familiar an ai thinks itself to death which causes it to go crazy this is from halo yeah Yeah. it basically the longer a program runs it builds up i guess the experience to calculate more and more variables and figure stuff out for an ai and if you get too good at that you can end up like potentially like basically like splitting your consciousness trying to make decisions because of arguing i mean it's not unlike what when people get stuck on a hard choice but people don't have all the data and when you have all the data it just makes it worse and rampancy in halo is just like a thing that naturally happens it's not a limit they built in on purpose right yeah it's kind of like a hardwired uh, it's just the limit of the system. I think it for them okay. it tends to happen after about seven years. It's like a technical problem they haven't solved, basically. Right? Yeah, it's like having okay. the uh, Y2K bug or something like that. Okay, yeah. The reason I ask is that um, I recently watch, rewatched Blade Runner and was reminded that, uh, I mean, this is like a major thing in the movie, so I don't know why I forgot, but um, the replicants have a built-in lifespan but it's determined by their maker and so there are questions throughout of like how long they're allowed to live which is why at the end of the movie he says time to die um spoilers (gasps) tears and rain um (laughs) uh yeah anyway i don't feel bad giving spoilers for blade runner um, but yeah, that's what, that's what the whole time to die thing is about because they actually have a predetermined death date. Quick circle back. So I remembered the thing that happened to Cortana started with an R, but I couldn't remember what it was. So when you said recursion, I thought, oh, maybe that's what it was. I forgot it was rampancy. I feel like to a degree that's not an unrelated component, but yeah, the rampancy was the term they used. 
No, recursion is when you want to give somebody an idea but think that it was their idea. So you go into a dream and then another dream and then another dream and then another dream. <laughs> oh, so you mean layers or uh, inception. I hate when people use inception just to mean multi-layered. <laughs> Which is why I'm now defining recursion as inception. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just swap the definitions <laughs> and everything will be okay again. I loved recursion. I thought it was the best movie from that guy. But I can't think of his name. <laughs> well, it wasn't a Batman movie. I'm going to back away. Sorry, Dustin. If anyone's left alive here in a few minutes. I'll... Wait, did he also make... He didn't make The Prestige, did he? Yes. Okay. Let's, let's talk about something else. Um. So I wanted to throw out a brief note that uh, I want to say at e- in the E3 show, we were talking about how the Nintendo Switch was selling really well and there was just this perception which still persists of like it's completely sold out it's impossible to find um type thing like that remember did do you guys remember talking about that yes um so interestingly since plus or minus like a couple weeks after that i just thought anytime i've been in um a local target for getting things i was like i'll walk by and just see what the you know if it's completely empty just to kind of like do firsthand data gathering every time i've done that there have been nintendo switches on the shelf so i at least locally the um rumors of its inability to be bought are greatly exaggerated and that's like if you're talking actual data points it's probably been like five or six times just across so like week or two or three week periods. And I thought that's interesting in that I'm kind of wondering if people aren't, we haven't just gotten to a point of society where people are like, Oh, is it still sold out? I'll look at Amazon and Amazon doesn't ever have it because it's easy to get. So when it gets stocked, you people send up flares and like buy it out on Amazon really quickly. I don't know that. What do you guys think? I heard that the people who were buying them up during the pre-ordering time to resell them were gravely disappointed by how well they ramped up the production because um, the resale value only spikes if they don't produce enough of them to meet demand, but that didn't happen. So there were people who bought a ton of them to resell and just got stuck with ones that they couldn't really get the margin on. Yeah. What I'm really looking for is the NES Classic Edition. That does interest me more than the Switch. Mm. Yeah. Although it'll still probably cost $100 more than I want to spend. Yeah. As far as I know, they're not making it anymore. Nintendo is really weird, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, their decisions on what they're going to make and how to make it are confusing, but I also have to half the time wonder if it's like would this make more sense if i was had a japanese mindset i don't know i like maybe it like i don't know it's something to do with that type of culture and cultural outlook so i don't know i just wanted to point out how i thought it was interesting that that shortage is not seeming to translate into local stores yeah do you think there is a shortage 
Only if you're basing it entirely on does Amazon currently have it. (laughs) Okay. Because I thought the shortage was basically something people predicted, but then didn't really happen. It still is a thing people talk about online. Like people are like, oh man, it's still really sold out. It's hard to find. And it's like, I don't know. I, again, I'm wondering if people are just looking at electronic resources, not electronic. What am I trying to say? Online resources and seeing that they can't acquire it there and thus are concluding it is not in stock, which it's like we have the reverse, like it's a reverse problem where like sometimes you're in a store and you're like, there's this thing I'm looking for and it's not here. I'll check Amazon and Amazon has it. But then it's now the point, like guessing some people look at it and like, oh, Amazon doesn't have it. Therefore it is not in other stores. Oh (laughs) yeah. Um, on the note of Nintendo being weird, I don't remember the numbers on this, but I heard that they were pretty disappointed by the amount of money they made from Mario Run or Super Mario Run, whatever it was called, the iOS game. I think yeah. it's Super Mario Super Run. Mario Run. Uh, they were really disappointed by what they made on that. But it, although it was a free download, you had to pay like 10 bucks if you wanted to unlock more than one or two levels, I think. And the in-app purchase didn't even transfer to other phones. So you'd have to pay 10 bucks for each person in your family. And so, so essentially it was not in any way free to play. It was basically just a paid game. Um, and they didn't make nearly as much money as they wanted to. Meanwhile, they have another game that I'd never even heard of before and couldn't tell you the name of now that is free to play with all the stupid little microtransactions and stuff. And it's made way more than Mario. And so their reaction is not to say, oh, I guess free-to-play is more profitable. Their reaction is to say, eh, we're not going to make any more Mario games because that didn't really make as much money as we wanted. Was it the Fire Emblem one? That sounds right, I guess. I've heard that that just has a ton of microtransaction things that made them a lot of money. But I- Yeah, So, but instead of actually just learning what's profitable, they're deciding not to make the games that people really want. Whereas like I would have gladly played Mario run, but I wasn't going to pay 10 bucks for me and 10 bucks for Betsy to get it on our phones. Right. Well, it, I didn't feel like it was a compelling game anyway, but yeah, I wasn't totally sold on it, but once I saw the price tag, I didn't even play the demo. I liked looking at the app icon. Seeing Mario was encouraging. (laughs) I, Oh, you know what? Um, a few days ago, you texted us and a random word capitalized and you didn't know why. Mm-hmm. And I told you it was probably because of an app name or an artist name on your phone. Mm-hmm. The reason I know that's a thing is because when Super Mario Run came out, people kept asking, why does the word run autocorrect to all caps every time I type it now? <laughs> <laughs> and it was because of the name of that app. Gotcha. Um, so that was another reason I was like, I, I just don't even want to deal with that. If the game is going to cost that much and it's going to, I'm not going to be able to write the word run anymore. Like, no, let's just get rid of this. <laughs> yeah. Dustin, did you want to tell us something about Pacific Rim two? No, that wasn't my random thought. I actually had a random thought about it. Oh, wow. So when <laughs> I went to go see Thor Ragnarok, they had the, I don't know if it was the, they had a Pacific Rim two trailer and I, okay, actually, I have two random thoughts. One was that um, 
John Boyega not talking with his American accent made me immediately more open to him. <laughs> Same. Um, and I don't know, but <laughs> it kind of made me think of there's, there was a point in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where a British, no, yeah, a British character fake talked with an American accent and he did that. And then another American character said to him, stop talking like that. You sound like a butthole. And he's just said, now you know what it's like being in this country for me <laughs> in his British accent, um, which I wonder, I don't know. I wonder if it would just kind of broke down to American versus British accent. But that my main thought was going to be that the way they were doing all of the Jaegers in there made me less excited for it because it looked a lot like Transformers. As oh man, okay. So as the trailer was wrapping up, when we the same situation, we're about to see Thor, Pacific Rim Uprising trailers wrapping up. Betsy leans over and says, "So, how is this any different from Transformers?" And I was like, "Uh, what? Huh, mm, uh, uh." And she's like, "Maybe you should tell me after the movie." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just not having Michael Bay doing it. it- <laughs> could make a big difference but it's not i'm not saying it's the same just the way the wait is he making this movie i hope not okay um i know it's not guillermo del Del toro doing it like the first one but that doesn't necessarily mean it would be bad but i don't know just the the way they were doing the cgi and i was like i hope they don't feel the need to make the robots or the eggers too transformery because they feel like that's would make it successful Oh yeah. So as we walked out of the theater from seeing Thor, the first point of discussion was me giving an ardent defense of why Pacific Rim is nothing like Transformers, even though I've only seen the first 40 minutes of Pacific Rim. But I mean, it's not like Transformers at all. No, it's completely different. Like, I know that sounds like a facile dismissal of the, of Betsy's worry, but they're extremely different. Yeah. In fact, that no, never mind. That's a whole different thing. I don't really want to. But anyway, I just <laughs> wanted to throw that out there and see what Dustin did. You get that vibe at all, Dust? I don't know. What do you- um, I can see where you guys are getting that, but that's not at all where my mind went when I was watching it. Like the way that they're, um, like their weapons, their arm turns into a gun or something. Is that what you're talking about? I think it was kind of just a general sense too. And maybe the fact that there were multiple ones kind of like standing in a small group. I don't know it. there was some of it that was like the weapon conversion aspect too, I guess. Yeah. I didn't get that sense, but I would have to watch it again. It was maybe a gent like they felt a little more fluid in the movements they were doing, which might've contributed to like, I think it was just more of a, maybe a movement thing felt more like Mm. how the transformers tend to move around in the Michael Bay movies that. Yeah. Whereas before I don't know, I guess I didn't get that sense from the first one, but anyway, I don't know. In the first one, you got more of a sense of, I don't know. These are huge robots and they moved almost more like the construction loader and aliens. Just like, yeah. yeah, I wanted to say like the movement emphasized the scale and size of it. Whereas in the preview I was seeing, for two, it felt like they 
we're moving faster and more fluidly than something of that size should, if that makes sense. Unless they are... Okay, so like the newer... Mm, this isn't going to be a spoiler, Trevor. There is a newer Jaeger in Pacific Rim that is supposed to be faster. Uh, I don't... It was Alpha something. I don't remember its name. So unless they're just the next-gen Jaeger. That could be. I mean, I'm not saying I don't want to watch it. I'm just throwing out that that was kind of like a, oh, I don't... It dampened the enthusiasm a little. Maybe I just need to go back and watch Pacific Rim. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Trevor, how's that coming for you? (laughs) It's not. So who wanted to... Did anyone have any thoughts about... Hold on. I want to try and find the name of that Jaeger. Alpha... Romeo. Face Smasho. Alpha Romeo? The only Jaeger name I remember is Romeo. That's not even a Jaeger that I remember. And this Jaeger's name is Meister. Romeo Blue is the name of a Jaeger. Mew Blue? Romeo Blue. No, there was Blue and Delta and Charlie and what was the fourth one? Gypsy Danger. Yeah, Gypsy Danger is the main one. They spelled Gypsy wrong. Striker Eureka. That's it. They sound like... Not even Alpha. (laughs) Racing Horses. No, Racing Horses have names like She's the Fastest. Gypsy Danger? (laughs) Or... Romeo Blue, those sound like racing horses to me. American Pharaoh or whatever the... Is that actually the name of a horse? I don't know. That's not a clue. Yes. yes. It won something or like a triple thing. I don't know. Oh, it run the, did it win the triple, triple crown, crown or was it just in the running for the triple crown? I think it I think won it, the triple crown. Yeah, it did. He he won the triple crown. She? I don't know. Whatever it was. We talked about it. They all talked about it like they had some idea about horse racing. <laughs> But none of them had a horse. It was a horse, guys. None of them had a horse in that race. I'll show myself out. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that's worse than mine. Did you re- did you say Kaiju Blue was... <laughs> no. Romeo okay. Blue. Okay. <laughs> I was like, no. I just saw in the article that I was reading a reference to Kaiju Blue, and I thought that that's... But Kaiju Blue is his favorite color. <laughs> It's not. It's like brown. <laughs> so yeah, Striker Eureka was a faster. Um, it was a Mark V Jaeger. So perhaps they are Mark V Jaegers. Um. So yeah, I hate when you're looking at a wiki and it says name, Mark, date launched, status destroyed. Okay, cool. Spoilers. Thanks, guys. Maybe they think that if you're looking at a wiki, you are invested enough that you've probably seen it. I don't know. I frequently look at wikis for background information. And it'll be like, character name, status, dead, <laughs> killed by this person in the episode you're about to watch. Cool. Oh, man. So don't read wikis. <laughs> don't understand the question and I won't respond to it. <laughs> it wasn't a question. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so a while back on Twitter, I saw someone link a link to an article on the geography of middle earth. Um, TBH. It was a long time ago that I read it and I don't remember all the details, but I thought it was interesting and we can include it in the show notes. Um, 
talking about. The show notes can be found at betterworlds.net slash podcast slash 23. Talking about Tolkien's map of Middle-earth from the perspective of geologists and how the geography doesn't make any sense. Um, but then there was some there were some counter arguments that were good, I thought, and it was just an interesting discussion and uh, a new way of looking at fantasy maps that I hadn't considered or thought about before. So considered and thought about are kind of redundant there. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was interesting. So that's all I have to say about that. The mountains don't reflect any found on our planet, and that's because their geography is generally inconsistent with the processes that produce mountains. This does look mm -hmm. interesting. That is a line in the article. Yes. I was just trying to tell people <laughs> why this might be interesting to them, because that oh. looks interesting to me. Yeah, they got a bunch of examples of other maps with... You mean, other than the fact that I said it was interesting? Yeah. <laughs> um... Oh, man, this is reminding me of an article that I sadly lost. Same topic? Yeah. Much as one may hunt the silver stag in the wood, and then it gets away every time. <laughs> there was an article I once saw, but it has eluded me. Um, it was about the history of this sort of map, and I... The only thing I remember is that it informed me that Tolkien was not the first person to draw a map like this. Like, it was about his inspiration. Were they old maps? No, not just old maps, but like something <laughs> okay. specific. It was a, a more specific link than that. Um, there was some very specific inspiration that like you could really tell. Because um, like everybody sees maps in fantasy books and they're like, oh, that's kind of like, that looks like a Tolkien map. But Mm -hmm. It was a, a very clear predecessor to Tolkien's own maps, but I can't remember what it was, and I neglected to save the link. And if anybody ever sees it, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Another interesting aspect in, or feature talked about in the article is how, for instance, the Anduin, Anduin River doesn't behave like rivers do in that it cuts through a mountain range and rivers flow toward low points in the land. So, I mean, obviously you're hooked and want to read the article. So I don't know why I continue to throw out details. Thoroughness sake. I mean, I don't know what's terribly surprising about the concept that mountains don't generally form in a trident. I, for one, Wait, say the was my mind was blown by that. Say your thing again, Trevor. I mean, it's the the mountain range in Middle Earth is shaped like a trident, mm -hmm. and that like seems pretty obviously not like a natural formation. Well, I had to pull out my pocket globe to uh, confirm that that was the case. That there are no trident mountain ranges on earth well i mean it wouldn't i mean I, i'm not the only one who sees that right like everybody sees mordor as like a trident right i don't see it as a trident i see it as a tuning fork the uh, the middle one is tiny yeah no trident has a tiny middle one uh yeah i guess the middle one is usually longer isn't it 
usually meaning always. Okay. Well, this doesn't look like a tuning fork either. Anyway, field goal pulse posts. You can find the link in the show notes. I mean, <laughs> yes, but also like on the one hand, yes, you typically get mountain ranges forming along a fault line. So to have a weird, not just one fault line would be really like, I could see the argument, but then by the same token that like there's freaking Balrogs running around and stuff. Like, <laughs> Why not just make a thing like, Oh yeah. Back in, Back in the second age at some point there was a they got angry and made a mountain range like i don't know like you don't yes it might not be geologically consistent but neither are like dwarves delving down and literally hollowing out like the center of an entire mountain i don't know just (laughs) the article brings that up as well okay the uh non-natural origins of middle earth and it's just an interesting discussion all around. Well, I mean, that has a lot to do with their origins. What? The the guy who made them. What's his name? Ayui? Oh. The maker? Basically the... Iluvatar? Eru no, Iluvatar? No, the... Love that guy. No. no, no, not Iluvatar. The Valar who created them. He's like the... It's not one. Uh, I mean, they're not gods, but sort of a... He's sort of the deity of smithing and stuff. We should probably move on. Oh, that yeah. made specifically mountains. They made the dwarves, yeah. Oh, okay. And so that's why they have a love of mining and crafting. I see. Much okay. like children these days with their video games. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> Minecraft is just a front for the dwarf. No, I don't know. Anyway, the, we'll say... <laughs> That makes me want to buy that game now. <laughs> I think you would enjoy it. But anyway, the um and Trevor would like that they patched in llamas, but they What? I told you this like a year or two ago. But the fresh memory is just as joyful. Okay, well they patched in llamas and I mean like and by fresh memory I mean the fresh knowledge because I don't have the memory. And they occur naturally in mountains because that is how they happen on Earth. <laughs> um anyway so moving on to our next topic saudi robots um there is an article which again will be in the show notes as they were mentioned where you can be found where you can where they can be found as mentioned earlier in the podcast um an article in which the saudi government created a robot and took the unprecedented step of granting it citizenship so we have in our midst now the first robot citizen, I think, in the world. Um, and interestingly, this brought up just a whole human rights debate because um, a lot of rights for women in Saudi Arabia are uh, restricted greatly. And so there were some people saying like, well, wait, now this robot might have more rights than like half of the population of Saudi Arabia actually does. So that has led to an interesting international dialogue i guess but um i just thought it was interesting i don't know i would have thought that if we were going to see a robot granted citizenship it would be further down the timeline than the moment in which we currently are so i don't know i just thought it was interesting it'll be there for your review if you would like to peruse that information or you could just google saudi robot and i'm sure you would found it why did they grant the robot citizenship oh i never saw a reason for it (laughs) I'm guessing it was probably because a lot of Gulf nations are trying to 
make a push um, into high technology areas to kind of be a. Yeah, this is interesting and depressing. Maybe she will campaign for human rights. Probably not. It's a she? Yeah, it's a she. That, I mean, that's part of the... <laughs> that's even more of a slap in the face. Yeah, that's a big part of it. She's a <laughs> she, but she doesn't have to wear like, the coverings or whatever. Oh my goodness. Did we have anything else to say about that, or do we want to move on? Nope. <sighs> we can move on. Um, next on the docket... Um, So another thing that came up, Halloween recently occurred, and with it came various articles about Halloween, one of which was done by 538, which is a statistic-y site um, that did a survey, not really a survey, they basically gave people a matchup where they said, here are two candies, pick which one is better, essentially, and through that, we're able to extrapolate out what they determined as like the best candies to give away when you for two trick or treaters because of just the overwhelming response of like people saying, I would rather have this than this. Um, and they it's fairly comprehensive. I want to say it has like 80 or 90 items on 86. it. What? 86. 86. Okay. So did the, I read this and thought and like the top 10 roughly were like okay that's plus or minus kind of the stuff i would have guessed but um and mostly what i gave away at trick-or-treating so i was happy with that but um did you guys when i I told this to dustin and trevor and um i think they probably had thoughts on what that would be the popular things would be before reading it did did you guys want to share those thoughts or did you i don't know what were your thoughts I do want to say that this is the topic I was most excited for tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I have thoughts on what would be the most popular, but I definitely have thoughts on what I think are the best. Um, And so crunch Kit Kat should be at the tops. I don't know which order. Um, And are we talking specifically for Halloween or just in general? Um, giving away for Halloween was the specific. Okay, so so he said thugs. it had to be small, like a small giveaway size. Oh, you can you can still say milk duds because they make tiny boxes. Okay, so milk duds, almond joys. Um, black licorice, in the spirit of <laughs> Halloween, and because it's good, <laughs> you're going to be the most hated. Man on the black on the block one day. I say black because <laughs> I guess I'm thinking of black licorice. But yeah, yeah. Um, if you give away black licorice, you might not have to give away candy the next year. That would, but then it that's great because then it's more for me. Oh, I was going to say it's because um, I thought he was trying to say like the neighbors are going to kill you or something. But <laughs> oh no, I just meant they're going to be like that's the house with the black licorice. Don't go there. <laughs> uh oh. Sorry for forgetting this one. Reese's peanut butter cups. Um, I'm running out of candies. Make a make a prediction on what you think would be the most popular thing. Butterfinger should be way at the bottom. The most popular, the thing that was, the mag- is probably Butterfinger. It's difficult for me to describe how much I hate Butterfingers, but I'm thinking based on on my interactions with people. Butterfinger is probably the most popular. 
Trevor, what did you think? Or did have, you d- develop I, thoughts before you read it? I have looked at the list, but I have both my own opinions and my expectations. Um, what do you want to hear first? <laughs> Your expectations. I expected Reese's to be at the very top. I would have guessed... I would want Snickers to be in number two, but I forgot I would... about Snickers and Milky Way. Milky Way is on there. <laughs> <laughs> Snickers too, but under Milky Way. I would expect Snickers. I, I would want Snickers to be number one or two, um, but I would. Ex- wait, wait, hmm? Dustin, did you hold on? I just have to confirm this. Did you say you liked Milky Way more than Snickers? Yes. You are literally the first person I've ever encountered besides myself who feels this. <gasps> A kindred spirit. <laughs> And I don't, I don't dislike Snickers. You're both wrong in the same way. I think, in fact, Snickers are quite good. Hey, Trevor, have you ever had the dark chocolate Snickers? Dark chocolate Snickers? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I, I am kidding you. you can, okay, so I you know, know the story. Have, okay, you introduced. We can, them we, to can me. we can get there yes. in a little bit. We can get there in a little bit. Um, <laughs> it's a story on its own. Um, I would want Snickers to be one or two. Reese's peanut butter cups. I would expect to be number one. Snickers. I would honestly expect to fall. Below some stuff like Milky Way, Butterfinger. Um, I've never really been able to gauge how people feel about Three Musketeers, but maybe that. Oh, um, I have important. Inf- that's a good backup. No, no, I have I important guess. information on this that is surprising and disturbing to me. Okay, so <laughs> this I'm way more invested in this than I should be, just FYI. So Milky Ways and Three Musketeers, apparently, for whatever reason I cannot fathom, internationally things that are labeled as milky ways if we picked it up and ate it we would realize is a three musketeers but the rest of the world thinks that's what a milky way is is a three musketeer where is this that everywhere is apparently that's how the comp they are marketed internationally oh my goodness so don't ever go abroad and think i need a taste of home i'm going to get this milky way bar because you'll be just completely disoriented um (laughs) i forgot about twix that's on there too. I like Twix a lot, but I would expect them to fall at like 10 or 12 because I feel like I'm the only person who likes Twix. Oh, false. false. For some for some reason, I have frequently <laughs> been surrounded by people who are like, why do you want a Twix? That's gross. Why? What? I don't know. I don't know. For a while in like kindergarten, they were my favorite. And then they got supplanted by, uh, surplanted, supplanted <gasps> by Snickers. So- Reese's Pieces. Yeah, they're okay. Um, what? Dustin, <laughs> they're just <laughs> Dustin. Did you know now that they make peanut butter Reese's peanut butter cups with Reese's pieces in them? What? No, I didn't, and I am a little bit shocked. That, um, that is that's kind okay. of like Inception um, of peanut butter. <laughs> hey guys, <things. laughs> um, just an idea. Could we try to make this a little more disorganized? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> this is pretty disorganized. <laughs> Okay. Um, the, regarding going back just for a moment to the Three Musketeers Milky Way thing, I just want to throw out there that I have been confused for years about like the difference between those two, and I'm wondering if that's rooted in my time overseas as a child. Oh. oh. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It could also be just because they're both very milky candy bars, and so I have not eaten them as much. At least I think they are. Is Three Musketeers super milky? It's just like fluffy chocolate. I mean, it's just chocolate okay, yeah, covering nougat. 
So there's nothing to break up the nougat if you don't want that. Okay, yeah, this might be an overseas thing that I didn't even realize was a thing. Also, true story, the entire time that I lived in Singapore, I thought that Kit Kats were a Singapore candy. (laughs) I was pleased to be wrong about that one. Um, Okay, so (laughs) we have kind of given you our impressions. So to clarify, I would have guessed Reese's number one Snickers would be down at like three or four. So Um, yeah, going in, my thought was, okay, I'm kind of, I agree it was in the same camp with Trevor, just like based on experience, I was like, I would think Reese's would be at the top. I wasn't sure about like Reese's Pieces or anything like that. But then I also thought that the, those four main ones of like Milky Way, Snickers, Twix, and Three Musketeers would be like in the top 10 or like kind of plus or minus the top, like very close, if not that. Um, and I figured that the majority of things in the top would in one way or another have chocolate. Like it, I didn't feel like oh, yeah. fruity or non-chocolate candies would break in there. Yeah. Chocolate would dominate the top 10 or 20 easily. Yeah. I feel like a knock against Reese's peanut butter cups is the work that it takes to peel the wrapper off. Mm, yeah. And then you lose some chocolate with it. Yeah. Why does the bottom middle always come off? I don't know. They got to find, they, we have the technology. They can solve this. And they're using wax paper. Like it's not supposed to stick to things. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, did you say what your own favorites are, Matthew? What my own favorites are? Um, yeah. I think we've been kind of hitting that. I like Reese's things. Um, obviously, I already said I liked Milky Ways and Snickers and Twix. Not necessarily in that order, but um, the yeah, no, that probably covers the things that I they was it on here. I need to look. Milky Way also does a dark chocolate one that I really like. I've not had the dark chocolate. Oh Milky yes, Way. it's in there. I wanted to like the dark chocolate Milky Way, but. Um, it's too the the chocolate was too waxy and so it's super flaky. Hmm. Mm. I maybe it wasn't waxy, but whatever it was, it was I just remember it was really, really flaky. Hmm. I did not encounter the flakiness you described, but hmm. I, it's possible I got stuck with one that was like partially melted and reformed or something. I don't know. Oh, that would be gross. Um Another thing, and I don't think that was on there, they, well, anyway, yeah, that's generally what I was thinking. So should I read off the top 10 list? Shall I tell my dark Snickers story now or after? Um, After. Okay. I would also like to state that any given chocolate on here, I like the dark chocolate version better. Across <laughs> the board, every single one. Dark chocolate versions I- are the best. And I have not yet seen the ranking. Okay. Oh, okay. should I do a, t- a 10 countdown from like 10 down to one then? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. So number 10, coming in at number 10 to the chagrin of Trevor. And I am also going to admit some confusion as to how this made this Butterfingers. Why is this to my chagrin? I thought you didn't like uh, Butterfingers. Cause they're gross. I, yeah, they're gross. And I mean, they, the worst part is the way they stick in your teeth, but and yeah. they, um, I'm pleased that it's as low as 10. I would have expected it to be at like three or something stupid. But again, out of 80 
something items, there's plenty of things below it where I'm like, that's better. That's better. That's yeah. better. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And as like a, okay. Like I, as a spoiler, I guess number 11 was peanut butter or peanut M&Ms. I'm like that, which should be like five. That's better. What? So yeah, that's definitely number better. nine was peanut butter M&Ms, which are pretty good. So be there. <laughs> those are not as good as peanut M&Ms. Oh, we okay just dis- agree to disagree they have their moments agree to disagree it depends on sometimes you don't want something as crunchy as the peanut ones so um anyway the number eight was reese's stuffed with pieces which which is an abomination <laughs> which i mark my words this is something they make this year and it will be completely extinct within five years um it's been around since last year uh okay it will be extinct within four years then <laughs> um then there number seven is milky way number six is reese's pieces just straight up number five was snickers number four was Kit Kat. number three was twix number two was reese's miniatures and at those are not worth it and number one Winning with a 84.2% win percentage in a head-to-head matchup against everything else was Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Oh my goodness. So Reese's took was four of four the top, of the top 10. ten. I Okay. Putting Reese's Miniatures as a separate item yeah, that's is thing. just straight cheating. There's no reason for that. Would you rather You might as well list large... Snickers and Snickers Fun Size separately. Yeah. <laughs> so... I think it had something to do with the way they were ranking data um, or the way they made it. If the fun size of every other candy bar is not listed, then I'm going to say it's straight up cheating. These are the fun sized. So that's right. That's what I'm saying. They're saying though, that like the thing, they are the fun size. They're not saying like a straight up Milky Way bar, a straight up Twix bar there. These are the fun sized ones. And he was saying, I know, but they're not listing them separately is my point. Well, what Trevor is getting at is that what's the difference be- then between a Reese's peanut butter cup and a Reese's peanut butter cup miniature? I think he's saying that if you went to a market, you could buy both in that, like in the candy section, they had fun size giveaways of the miniatures and of regular peanut butter cups. And then they had like fun sized Twixes and fun size. Okay. Let me modify my example. Instead of Snickers regular and Snickers fun size, Let's say, why is there not Snickers fun size and Snickers mini? Because there's mini sizes of all of these other ones, too. Mm -hmm. Like they are just a little square. There's no reason for one single thing to have both the small one and the mini one and everything else to only have the small one. Oh, man. I'm fired up. This is getting fired up. If you want to go (laughs) yell at 538 incoherently, be my guest. (laughs) I'm saying putting Reese's and Reese's miniatures both on the list is the candy bar equivalent of the flash <laughs> what <laughs> i i want to see the person just... who got stuck with <laughs> sir <laughs> i th- i i'm going to leave. i am i am simply mocking my own level of passion in this debate um <laughs> oh okay <laughs> i want to see the person who got stuck with the choice between peanut butter cups and miniatures and i was <laughs> Um, okay, counterpoint, and you can disagree with this because I'm not like going to be nearly as passionate. There are, I, and I'm not sure if this even applies to Reese's, there 
at Trader Joe's, they can sell you a thing of tiny peanut butter cups. And it is a very different experience to eat tiny peanut butter cups versus one or two big peanut butter cups. It's a different experience to eat a Snickers Fun Size or a Snickers Mini. Not in the same way. Yes, it is. No, I disagree with this hardcore. Very hardcore. Super hardcore. I have passionately eaten... Ma- okay, this is going to make me sound like a fat person. <laughs> I Eating a large Snickers and a smaller Snickers doesn't feel that different to me. Eating a giant peanut butter cup or a bunch of super tiny ones so I can feel like I'm Godzilla is completely different. Hold hold on, hold on. Let's make sure we're defining our terms and um, arguing about the same things here. What is a Reese's miniature? How big is it? Again, I'm thinking... Mini. <laughs> I'm going with the Trader Joe's things, which are tiny, and they're maybe... I'm not talking about Trader Joe's. I'm talking about Reese's. Well, I don't know if this is the same thing, so we can't possibly define our terms if we don't know we're talking about the same thing. I'm trying to offer a defense of a thing that I think is similar. I think that you are talking about something different. (sighs) You're going to make me go buy this just to prove you wrong. Dustin, intervene. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's ask the Google. I think, Matthew, it sounds like you're talking about the things that are like the size of a chocolate chip. Yeah, that's about the size they are. That's not what they're talking about here. They're talking about the things that have like the footprint of a quarter. Yes. And maybe the height of a dime. Yeah, I'm I'm with uh, Trevor on that one. And then they're also including the things that have like, I don't know how big the regular ones are. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about now. I don't think, yeah, I don't think. To be fair, they make minis, which is an incredibly, I'm looking at this now. They make miniatures and then they make m- minis that are look to be a different size. Okay. I just put a li- uh, picture of the miniatures in there in the chat. I'm having a hard time finding Okay, in the chat. Because <laughs> I'm trying to find it and I'm not finding it. It's in the chat. Reese's miniatures. Okay, okay so and here are the minis. There's nothing for scale here, but we know that these are the ones I'm talking about because they are wrapped in foil. Right. The ones that are like chocolate chip size don't have foil. Here are the minis. And they do not have foil. Okay, so a Reese's miniature is what I was talking about. A Reese's mini is an unwrapped mini cup. Those might that be not closer to what I'm... A, yeah, that's what you're talking about. Um, I don't want to defend the mini ones. I'm defending the super tiny ones that are fun to eat. Like Those are the minis. Sorry, sorry. Those are you the could minis. eat like seven or eight of them and you still haven't come up close to a regular peanut butter cup. Right. Those would be the minis. Okay, yeah, that would be a very different experience. And those are the kind that you can like even put in a cookie. Yes, those would be easier to put in a cookie because they wouldn't like they're small enough you can do the coating and they won't sink to the bottom or something like that yeah um i think that this survey is talking about the the ones that are much larger than a chocolate yeah chip. i can agree to I, I know what we're talking about now so yeah and between those two those are very similar so i don't i can under i can appreciate your point now i can i wish they had put the minis on the list instead if they had had a way of distinguishing them like if they gave people a photo or something so they would know what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. They might not give, there might not be a fun size of the minis to hand out, which is, I think what they're using as the, Oh yeah. Cause those come in like a sack. Yes. I, yeah, it sounds like Santa now, with like a huge sack of these things. You can only get them in a larger size, which is weird. <laughs> right. But yeah. Cause you have to buy a full bag cause they're not individually wrapped. 
Um, so yeah. Which would be more enticing to me because I could just grab a handful and shove it in my mouth. Again, like Godzilla. <laughs> he Or just like a greedy person. Augustus Gloop. <laughs> I say like Godzilla and I don't think he ever grabs a handful of like anything and shoves it in his mouth, but <laughs> <laughs> mm, helicopters. <laughs> um Yeah, it if they did make a smaller size of those, I could see the argument for putting them on there because that would be very different. And it would be almost more comparable to like a small bag of M&Ms. But uh, the small cups and the big cups, I don't think both belong on the list. Yeah, I don't know why. Like now, the more you point out, the more it's like, hmm, that is really odd. Okay, another question. So we don't have to argue about the same thing forever. Are peanut butter M&Ms comparably different? What a terrible way of asking that question. Um, comparably different. Are they demonstrably different, different, demonstrably different from Reese's pieces, peanut butter M&Ms versus Reese's pieces. They're bigger and they have more peanut butter in them, but they're very similar, right? The peanut butter is, uh, Uh, the peanut butter is a different flavor. The peanut butter is different. Yeah. I'm, but they're, I mean the, okay. So here's, here's the difference. The concept is similar. The execution is different. The peanut butter in, Peanut butter M&M's is more like actual peanut butter than the quote-unquote peanut butter in Reese's Pieces. I'm hearing they're the same. They're in, in, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you are intolerable. They're different. I Okay. I'm trying to think of a good example here. Reese's Pieces are much sweeter. If I were to ask if two types of mint gum were basically the same thing, would you guys say, well, no, like the flavor is a little different and the pieces of gum is a different size. Or would you say, yeah, they're both mint gum, but that's not even, that's different because you don't. Okay. In a piece of mint gum, it's uniform throughout. Like the mint of is percolated throughout the gum. So here you're talking about the ratio is different, which changes the experience of the candy. And on top of it, the... Are they any more different than, like, the way a king-size snicker has different ingredient ratios than a miniature Snickers? Yes. Yes. We're just going to have to agree to disagree on this one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Also, they're not that good. Neither of them are. Peanut M&Ms all the way. Are we still friends? I feel like you're trying to be um, purposefully inflammatory. I could say the same about you. No, if that was the case, we would not be as quiet as we are at this moment. Hey, as soon as I said I liked peanut M and M's, you're like, mm, no, no, you okay? Wait, wait, so. wait. How did you say it? <laughs> I don't remember. You didn't say I like peanut M and M's because that would make me a jerk. <laughs> like, oh, you like that? You uh, no? You said I said something about like it being it getting supplanted by Butterfinger and you said and then like peanut butter M&Ms were right above it and you were immediately making a value judgment where you're like there's no way there's just absolutely no way there's no way whatsoever that peanut butter M&Ms are this and well if you make that um, strong of a value statement be prepared for someone to potentially not agree with it (laughs) we'll have to go to the tape on that and we can't do that because we're still recording so the listener is free to do that at their own volition also in Matthew's defense, he did say agree to disagree. 
which is what I just said. And then he said I was being inflammatory. I know. <laughs> which is why I brought it up. Um, no, no. You oh said something gosh. about you also like, brought are we still- the flash into you, this. So you said agree to disagree. There was a silence. You said, are we still friends? <laughs> Prompting further discussion. <laughs> Touche. Um, now that we made a mess of anyone trying to go back and figure out what things are. So anyway, this whole list will be up for your own. <laughs> Skittles should be way higher. Nah. No. Skittles are all the Skittles, way. 19 are almost as bad as Butterfingers. Unless we're talking like the tropical fruit Skittles. What? Uh- Oh, hey, Crunch Bars are on here. Interesting. Yeah, 16. They're down at 16. Which is probably one of the biggest. I like Skittles original. Yeah, I don't. Oh, Milky Way Midnight's at 21. That's the dark chocolate one. I did see that. Um, But the fact that both peanut and peanut butter M&Ms beat out regular M&Ms does give me slightly more faith in the country. Okay, I want to go to the bottom of the list. <laughs> we probably shouldn't fall on this. No, no, we got to do this. We got to do this. 86. What it? I don't want to say what number 85 is because it sounds kind of weird. 86. Good and plenty. Oh, those are good. How do you guys feel about that? Those are really good. Because they have black licorice in them, (laughs) which is exactly what I was telling you. Very few people in this century (laughs) like black licorice. Hey, step off. (laughs) 85. Nick L. Nip. I don't even know what that is, and I don't want to. I've never heard of that. I don't want to Google it. Is it those? I think it's those little sugar buds that are on paper, maybe? I don't want to duck, duck, go it. Oh, maybe. Maybe. I'm going to duck, duck, go it. <laughs> duck, duck, go it. Can in. I move on to the next Results block. bad one? <laughs> <laughs> Safe search has blocked everything. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's not at all what I thought it would be. It's... They are like, <laughs> they're like the little juice bottle things. Oh, those little things that look like soda bottles yeah. that are like encased in wax and you have to like yeah. eat the wax. Oh, that's gross. Yes. Okay. I didn't know this had a name. I thought they were just like, ew, who gave me this? Yep. They're called okay. nickel nip. Well, that's the most, most of the things at the bottom are. Oh, nickel. That's what the Nick L is. Okay. <laughs> um, it's spelled N-I-K-L-N-I-P. Which is any good American would read as nickel. I read it as Nick L. I know. Anyway. <laughs> 84. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Boston baked beans. I'm going to assume this is literally a can of beans. <laughs> How did... How did Good and Plenty lose to baked beans? <laughs> Let's go to Wikipedia. Boston baked beans are a variety of baked beans. <laughs> Typically sweetened with molasses or maple syrup. I'm, okay, so no, they, they are a candy as well. <laughs> Candy-coated peanuts. That's what they are. What? I, I'll, in, just look up Boston baked beans candy. Candy-coated peanuts. Are they literally peanuts that are candy-coated, or are they those stupid circus peanut things, candy-coated? Literally, candy-coated peanuts. That's what the box says. I don't know. I've never had them. Oh, and they're red. Interesting. This is the weirdest thing. This has got to be from the 20s or something. Probably. A lot of things are. Okay. Whew. 83, chiclets. Aw. I used to really like those. 82, super bubble. I guess that's bubblegum. Yes. 81, jawbusters. I guess that's a jawbreaker. Are you going to read up the whole list? Sounds good to me. 
I'm not going to read up the whole list. I just want to go up a little. 80, Root Beer Barrels. Those are good. 79, Sugar Daddy. I've never had them, but my grandpa liked them. I remember those being one that people would try to trade away when we did our trading floor after trading. 78, Literally a Dime. (laughs) Okay, I'm not going to read all these. I do want to skip up. This is... (laughs) I'm glad... I'm glad to see that a literal dime ranked significantly lower than a literal quarter, which came in at 40, 48, just above Smarties, just below Payday. <laughs> Do people give away coins for <laughs> Well, we broke Dustin. Do people give away coins at Halloween? Is that a thing? Have you never gotten money when going trick-or-treating? No. Some people do because they're just too lazy to go get candy. <laughs> I This is something that has never happened to me, but it's something I may do in the future. It'd be so much more expensive. Not if you do dimes. Or, <laughs> or pennies. <laughs> dimes are only marginally better than good employees. <laughs> Okay, so I'm a little offended that the only two dark chocolate items that actually made the list at all are Milky Way Midnight, which is one of the poorer executions of a dark chocolate version of a candy bar. Okay, again, we will agree to disagree there. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying I've had a lot of other dark chocolate conversions that have been of much higher quality. Okay, the other one is sorry, Matthew. Agree to disagree. Um, the other one is Hershey's Special Dark, which is literally a low quality piece of dark chocolate. Um, so that's not really a conversion at all. It's just it's just literally dark chocolate. Um, <clears throat> I wish there was more dark chocolate on here, or more dark chocolate versions, such as Snickers Dark. Um, the one thing I really wanted to call out here is where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Candy corn. Oh yeah. Where, what number is that at? 67. 67. I like candy corn. People who hand out candy corn don't hand out good candy corn. Well, also it's kind of weird to hand out candy corn cause it doesn't come in bags. Like individual bags. The candy corn that comes in little bags is bad. Oh, uh. It, you can get little bags, but they're not good. Um, I can't find. I thought it was right near Werther's original caramel. I should search. I should search, shouldn't I? Probably. Okay, <laughs> Smarties. Coin. Nestle Smarties. Oh yeah, they're down low. Sixty-eight. I've got to wonder if people knew what they were voting on here. Do you guys know what that is? I was assuming it's the role of Smarties. Okay. My hunch is that people thought that's what they were voting on. Those would be regular American Smarties. Nestle Smarties are what people... Th- are those the things that you 
brought from yes oh those were pretty good yeah i i brought you these because i saw them in a store somewhere and i was like yes it's the smarties that i grew up with because smarties overseas made by nestle are kind of like giant m&ms um they come in a roll almost like mintos i guess like they're kind of like minto sized but they're kind of like an m&m they have a little bit more of a malty taste to them but not too much for me to not like um but anyway, they're basically like a candy-coated piece of chocolate that's much larger than an M&M. Um, I remember coming back to the U.S. and somebody saying, you want some Smarties? And I was like, yeah, give me some Smarties. And they handed me those little like chalky things, and I was so disappointed. Um, but the chocolate ones I really like, and I feel like they would be ranked higher than 68 if people knew what they were actually talking about. Yeah, I think so. But I don't think I've ever seen them in American stores. No, they're not common at all. There's there's a candy shop around here that has a lot of like foreign candies or like retro stuff. Okay, my Snickers dark story very quickly. Shall I? Proceed. The college that we attended, when you were on the meal plan to eat in like the cafeteria, you would also get credit to spend at the student union, which basically amounted to a couple of fried things that would be meals and then candy and soda. And at the time I really didn't drink soda ever and didn't eat much candy. So at the end, near the end of the school year, I had almost all of my money for the student union left. And I just went in and asked the person who ran the student union, I have this much money left on my account. Can you just order me some boxes of Snickers dark? And I'll just straight up buy the boxes from you. And I got like three or four boxes Mm. of Snickers dark. And I lived on them that summer basically. Um, which is not entirely, but I, I used them to win friends and influence people. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so like I said, I didn't eat a lot of candy, but I did really like Snickers Dark. It was good stuff. I do think at one point I gave you a box of those as a present or something that then won your friendship for a good while. <laughs> well, it's still going. Um, when was this after I had had the several boxes that I bought from the student union? Yeah, this was post-college. Okay. okay. Um, I haven't seen those in a while. I don't know if they're still making them. They should be. I think they're pretty good. That will be up for perusal at the show notes, in the show notes. At betterworlds.net slash podcast slash 23. So more briefly, um, as of... <laughs> you hope. What? You hope. I hope. Um, there, the, the, the past week has seen the release of Thor Ragnarok, the latest of the MCU movies. Um, and while we don't want to go exhaustive or even, in fact, spoilery about it, since Dustin has not seen it, we did want to touch upon impressions. Trevor, what were your impressions? No spoilers for real. We're serious. We're not going to ruin this for you. Don't worry. Um, you want to know my impressions? Yes. Um, I am really glad that people are finally enjoying a Thor movie because I have always liked the Thor movies. 
it's a little bit frustrating to see everybody's reaction be, oh man, that was so much better than the other Thor movies. I'm glad there's finally a good Thor movie. So I thought everyone loved the first one. No, no, I don't think so. So it's, it's a little bit frustrating to see people celebrating this at the expense of the other ones rather than just like, you can just like the new movie. You don't have to say that the other one was bad to that, whatever. Um, but I am glad that people are enjoying it. Um, I don't know. How much impression do you want me to give? Um, whatever you can do that isn't spoilery or for listeners or Dustin. Okay. Um, I enjoyed it. I would like to lower everyone's expectations though, (laughs) because this has been getting a ton of hype and I think I might've enjoyed it a little more if it hadn't been quite as overhyped. I do not think it's the best Marvel movie by any means. I did enjoy it. I had a lot of funny stuff. Um, but yeah, lower your expectations before you see it is my advice. I also enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed some of the ways they played around with expectations of what you would think would happen and what they ended up doing in the movie. Um, I did have the thought that this will probably be a better movie that two have never seen a trailer for because some of the way they built it, it's like, well, you just, if you've seen any trailers, it's like, well, you know, certain things are going to happen yep. and it would be a better movie if you had no inkling whatsoever of how that was going to be. Yeah. I wish I had seen no trailers. I wish I, but it's like, I wish I'd seen no trailers and heard nothing about the movie whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I'm saying just like, forget about all the hype and just go watch it. This will be more fun to like show if you have young children as like in a couple of years when they're aging into when would be appropriate to have them watch the movies. It, this would be more fun to like progress on and be like, Oh, that like, I don't know. I think that would, I don't know if it's particularly kid friendly. I'm not saying for kids. I'm saying like, the older children when you get to the point where they would be watching it. Okay. You know, 18. I was going for teen, but sure. I, I feel the need to complain about some of the review coverage I've seen because, um, one of the headlines that I saw was, um, let me pull it up. Oh no, it's probably gone now. Um, it was in like the spotlight in Apple news for like a couple days, I think, but, it said basically Thor's greatest achievement in this movie is making Marvel movies fun again. Uh, I, <laughs> really? Have they not seen Ant-Man? Yeah. Like, have they seen Ant-Man? Have they seen guardians of the galaxy? Have they seen the Avengers? Have they seen literally any Marvel movie? <sighs> um, I feel like in the past, the complaint against Marvel movies has always been, Oh, they're too lighthearted. They're not dark and gritty enough. So I just, you know, they, they need to be more serious. And then this comes out and everybody, well, not everybody, this comes out and people say, oh, the MCU is finally fun and funny. And I thought that was people's complaint because they said they didn't like quippiness. And suddenly there's a movie with five times as many jokes and they think it's a masterpiece. It's like, well, did did you like the quips or not? Because I, I thought you didn't like quips, but now you do. So confused i do want to go on the record that if uh is this a spoiler maybe 
I personally... If you have to ask, then it is. Uh, no, I'm going to phrase it so I don't think it is. I'm invest... I like Loki. <laughs> and there was... I agree completely with what you're about to say. Okay. Um, I think it had something to do with the fact that there were a lot more moving parts in this movie than in the previous two Thor movies. Um, but I don't feel like he got the same treatment in this movie as the first two. So if you like Loki a lot, go in with muted expectations of how much Loki there will be. And then I, I'm not going to say anything else because some other stuff could be spoilery. I think people who aren't big Loki fans might like him best in this movie. If I had only seen him in this movie, I would not like him. And he's my favorite Marvel character. My favorite MCU character. There, I can't say things because there's stuff they do in there that I want to talk about, but Dustin hasn't seen it. So, yeah. Well, um, um, perhaps that, that should they, bring us. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. You. That doesn't matter what I was going to say. Go ahead. You. <laughs> I don't want to cut you off. I was yep. Canadian pastime. You go first. I'm so sorry I interrupted. Um, I. I don't know what I was even going to say. I just that like you. <laughs> I demand you remember. I'll say something to you. I will draw forth your memories and penance. I will say something to you later instead about like how okay. I think they set up potentially stuff for future story beats. Got it. Okay. Um, I was going to say perhaps this would be a good time for us to go into the last thing on our list for tonight. The movie hype life cycle. You see, when two movie life movie hypes <laughs> love each other very much. Ah, um, <laughs> uh, so I, I have like no idea where you guys are going with this. Yeah, um, I don't either. Um, this is something I started to type to you guys <laughs> in a text, and I realized I would have to do t- way too much thinking to formulate my thoughts, and so I thought maybe we could just formulate our thoughts together the life cycle of movie hype. So I don't know if we even need the life in there. Maybe it's just the movie hype cycle. Um, hype cycle's got a good ring. It sounds like something from Tron. Um, <laughs> okay, so right now we're in this awkward phase where we want to talk about Thor, but Dustin hasn't seen it yet. Yeah. No, no judgment. But it got me thinking about this because I have tried to talk with a lot of people about Thor since seeing it on Friday night. Guess how many of them have seen it? One, Matthew. Just Matthew. Um, wah, wah. M- meanwhile, um, well, I'm just going to back up and go to the beginning of the hype cycle. First trailer comes out. People get excited. I watch the trailer. I'm excited. Yay. Some people want to talk a lot about what the trailer might mean. Some people are just excited, whatever. Um, that's kind of the first phase. Second phase is that there's more and more trailers, more and more promotional material. This is mostly a problem for me with star Wars movies more than other ones. Um, people start to theorize a lot. We know way too much about who the characters are and various things that are going to happen. And at some point I start not wanting to consume the promotional stuff because I don't want to know too much about the movie. Meanwhile, other people are just getting more and more hyped and want to talk more and more about it. Phase three, the movie comes out. 
it seems like everybody on the internet sees it the moment or perhaps a week before it comes out and immediately begins posting lots of stuff about what they thought of it, often in very spoilery ways or making various jokes again in ways that are kind of spoilery. And it's kind of frustrating because like I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to have to wait a couple days. But meanwhile, the internet is afire with vibrant discussion about all things regarding whatever this new movie is. You guys can feel free to chime in anytime here. Or are you just waiting for me to get to the end of my... I'm listening. I'm enjoying listening. Okay, so that's three phases. Or wait, did I get... Okay, phase one is first trailer. Phase two is promotion. Phase three is like right at the initial release. Really vibrant discussion online. Everybody's posting memes and all kinds of stuff. And I'm just like, I don't really want to see too much of this. Like, please just wait like a day and a half. What number did I say that was? Phase three. three. Okay, yeah, phase three. Phase four, I see the movie maybe two days, maybe a week after it comes out. Suddenly, nobody on the internet is really into talking about it anymore because, like, they've already exhausted their conversation. And somehow, none of the people that I'm in contact with on a personal basis have seen it yet. They're all either they don't care that much, so they're going to wait a week, or they care a whole lot, so they're going to wait like two months to watch it with their brother or something. Um, and so I can't talk about it with any of the people around me for like a month. And then finally they see it. And like, I don't even remember to ask them about it. Cause it's been so long since it came out. And that is the movie hype cycle. And right now we're in that awkward phase where we've seen it. You haven't you being me. I don't remember what phase I said that was, but it was a phase I described. I don't either. Um, that, that phase also ends up being kind of awkward for podcasting purposes because I know in the, like the first several episodes we did, we talked about some things that had just come out, I think. And people kept telling me, oh yeah, I stopped listening to the podcast cause I got to that episode about this movie that I haven't seen yet. And so I just figured I should stop until I've seen the movie. I'm like, no, you can, you can listen to the next episode of the, like we're going to talk about something different in the next episode, but they would just stop listening. So anyway, so I never planned on seeing this movie in theaters. Um, and I don't know where I'm going with that. I don't know. seems like you're trying to guilt me into watching it, man. <laughs> no, this is, you just, the fact that you haven't seen it yet just got me thinking about, this and also the fact that I have asked the people I have hung out with the past few days what they like. I wanted to talk with them about it, and none of them had seen it. So, mm-hmm. do you have any thoughts or experiences relating to what I am describing, or is it just going to be me monologuing? <laughs> no, you guys and maybe like a couple other friends are like the only people I ever talk about movies I see with. Because oh, okay. they're, I have no one demographically in any way similar. Okay, I have no one who would go see the same types of movies with me in my professional life. So there is zero conversation, or even like, I'll hear spoilers about movies, but they're movies I'm not going to see. Oh, these are not friends from work. Just to be clear, <laughs> these are other people. Um, 
And part of the reason that I was thinking about this is that with the advent of Netflix releasing entire TV seasons simultaneously, it's now, it's not just movies that do this, but it's uh, TV shows as well. So like when Stranger Things season two came out, what, a week ago? Um, the 27th. The 27th. Yeah. Um, it seemed like everybody watched it like the first day and the internet is just full of like memes and stuff. And it's just kind of annoying. Like it takes me a few days to watch through a whole season of a TV mm-hmm. show if I'm like super into finishing it immediately. But like I would be, I, I don't feel the need to watch it all in like three days or whatever, but I feel like I have to because of the way the internet just immediately goes nuts. And it's, it's more understandable with movies because a movie is a one sitting thing, but now TV shows seem to have become a one sitting thing as well. I understand what you're saying. I don't feel like I end up running into things like that on the internet as much as I think you do. Yeah, I don't know what parts of the internet that you're going to that are telling you about Stranger Things. I don't know what parts of the internet you're going to that aren't telling you about Stranger Things. Well, I go on Twitter and I made a few mute filters on TweetBot and I'm good. So you probably didn't even see my tweet about not posting Stranger Things or spoilers. No, I don't think so. I think I muted the word words Stranger Things. Okay. All I said was... Stranger Things 2 exists, and that's all I'm going to say, because the people who haven't finished it yet still deserve a place in society. Yeah, I didn't see that tweet. And I mean, generally, if I'm like at a news or something site and it says something about Stranger Things, I'm not invested because I'm not watching it, but it's also like I don't have any reason to interact with that material. So I don't. (laughs) To the listener, I haven't seen it, not because I'm not interested, but because I have no time. I have time to do this podcast, <laughs> but not time to watch television. Well, I mean, it's a whole TV series, so. Right, yeah. Well, season, rather. So it takes considerably. I plan on watching it in December. Considerably more time than recording for a couple hours. Right. Yeah, our recording session would be, what, maybe two out, two episodes? Mm, two or three. Yeah. Actually... Yeah, that's another thing with Netflix shows. The episodes do end up being a lot longer because they, they're not stuck trying to fit in commercials. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they were like an hour long, I think. So yeah, two episodes. Anyway, um, I was hoping you guys might have more to say about that. But well, I guess you did because you told me that you don't really have the same experience. So that is something. Yeah, well, I I said that I've had similar experiences, but I also have certain... Um, like if I am going to watch a DC movie, I don't talk to you guys. I have other friends that I talk to about it. Um, I don't know. I, I just have different spheres of people with whom I talk about certain topics. And I don't know where I was going with that. I think I've had, yes. Okay. So I've had the experience of not being able to talk about something for a while because those other people hadn't seen it. And it is a little bit frustrating. And I lose the urge to discuss the things that I wanted to discuss. So that's just, it's kind of sad. 
The time that it annoyed me the most was when The Force Awakens came out and everybody was like waiting to see it with their families at Christmas. Which I guess I get, but also jerks were posting spoilers on the internet. Or at parties. So, well, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> um, there there was like a major trolling spoiler campaign with The Force Awakens. Um, so I knew I had to see it as soon as possible. Mm. Like I would not want to wait for that. But yeah, it's it's kind of frustrating that the way that people either in, intentionally or unintentionally spoil movies dictates how soon I see them. It's not just like, oh, I'm free on Monday or whatever. It's like, well, I feel like I have to see it now because otherwise I'm going to learn way too much about it. Again, not really sure what parts of the internet. Is it Reddit? Is that where you're going? <laughs> some of it's Reddit, some of it's Twitter. A lot of Twitter, a little bit of Facebook. Um, so I don't look at Facebook much, but I'm a part of a group called the Geek Orthodox Church that like, they have rules about not posting spoilers. And for like the first maybe eight hours after a movie or a Netflix show comes out, there will be a thread that says, this is the spoiler discussion thread for X spoilers within, and you can expand it and look at the comments and talk with people. But then within hours, people start posting just like an image that gives something away. And they're like, ah, this is funny. And it's like, well, okay. Yeah. But like, also it tells me that so-and-so dies. So thanks for that. Um, on Reddit, when the force awakens came out, people were flooding like every subreddit with posts that just said Han is killed by his son, Kylo spoilers. Yeah. Like they, and like it was that phrase was just everywhere on the internet that day. People. But I, I mean, I, I did not look at the internet until I had seen it, but not that that helped you (laughs) anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're kind of fizzling out here. Yeah. Any book suggestions? Oh, um, maybe. Um, let's see. Usually I don't do the sponsor part until later. I guess I could go and do that. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Audible, purveyor of fine audiobooks. You can get a free audiobook and 30-day trial by going to audibletrial.com slash betterworlds. Um, I don't know if this is a recommendation or not. I somehow made it to my current age without ever actually reading 1984. Mm. And so I finally actually listened to the audiobook. Were you disappointed? The reader did a pretty good job. Um, <laughs> the writer, though. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't horribly impressed by the book itself, to be honest. Yeah, same. Same. Um, I think it's one of those things where it it might be partly just Aldous Huxley did it better. He did. Um it might be partly just because of how influential it was that none of the stuff in it seemed original. <laughs> but also just the way the story was told didn't really grab me. Um I appreciate its influence. I do think Aldo Huxley, however his name is pronounced, did it better. Um one thing that really surprised me is that in basically all of these stories and things that I've seen that are based on 1984, such as 
say, Equilibrium or the Island or even like a Samsung commercial that was trying to riff on Apple's 1984 commercial, all of these things, the terrible totalitarian, ter- terrible totalitarian future is shiny white, freakishly perfect and clean. And yet the book very clearly describes its world as very grimy and run down. So that surprised me as did other things, but um, (laughs) yeah, it was okay. It was okay. If you've never read 1984 and you feel like you should, which is why I read it, then you could download that audiobook for free. Um, On a more positive note, I just downloaded Astrophysics for People in a Hurry by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Wow. I'm about 10 minutes in, and he's only annoyed me two or three times. So <laughs> it's going great. It's going great. Um, mostly he's just talking about astrophysics. I did look in the index of my hard copy, and I didn't see any mention of Star Wars. So He hasn't mentioned Star Wars. The one that kind of halfway annoyed me was when he referenced a movie and I couldn't figure out what movie he was talking about. And then I, he was trying to talk about how astrophysics is important. And he said something about a movie set on a planet orbiting a distant star and starring a famous actress as a biophysicist or something. I don't know. I I couldn't figure out what movie he was talking about. Is it Interstellar? No. Biophysicist. Uh, no, because he said actress. Well, okay, so I was thinking of oh, what's I think name? he said biophysicist. Yeah, something. what's the? Oh, if that's geez. even a term. Is that a term? She plays Catwoman in Dark Knight. Why am Anne I Hathaway? Talking to you guys about that? Anne Hathaway. Yeah. So I was thinking maybe Anne Hathaway's character, but I don't remember what her specialty was. Oh yeah, I, I have no idea what movie he was talking about. But that one only halfway annoyed me. The two things that did annoy me were were when. He took a pot shot at science fiction and a pot shot at literally any other type of scientist. But yeah, <laughs> it's to be expected, I guess. His voice is pleasant enough because he reads it. So yeah, if you like Neil deGrasse Tyson, because a lot of people do, or if you want to learn more about astrophysics, go to audibletrial.com slash betterworlds and you can get it for free. Is there anything else we wanted to say about the books? I don't think so. No? Okay. You guys were both disappointed by 1984? Yep. Yes. Glad I'm another one. The show notes for this episode are at betterworlds.net slash podcast slash 23. You can find us on Twitter at betterworldsnet. You can email us at feedback at betterworlds.net. You can also join our Slack group, which is just a chat room for talking about the kinds of things we talk about, uh, by emailing us at the address I just said and asking for an invitation. I think that's it. Thanks for listening. Go then. <laughs>